Hello and welcome to the new Marketing Muscle Podcast with me, your host, Vicki Morris. On this podcast, we're all about exercising that marketing muscle for your business. No matter how big or how small your business is, and no matter if you're a startup or if you've been in business for 10 years or more, we're dishing out marketing, messaging, and branding strategies that get you the results you've only dreamed about. Today, we're talking about personal branding, and I'm inviting you to a conversation with my friend, Deidre Wright. It was so nice to talk with her and to spend some time with a fellow marketing and branding um, expert in the field. We had such a great conversation and I can't wait to share it with you. Deidre is an expert on personal branding. She has built an incredible career for herself and I just love her vibe, her energy, and the way she approaches her business and the way she works with her clients. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into our conversation on personal branding with Deidre Wright. Welcome to the Marketing Muscle Podcast. So glad to have you here with us. And we're doing a, a cross-country podcast this morning. I am in uh, the southern area of Huntsville, Alabama, and you're in beautiful California. Yes. Thanks for having me, Vicki. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. And so I want to uh, let people know how we connected the first time. It was actually via podcast. You were <laughs> a guest on uh, a friend of mine's podcast, and I really liked your conversation and the things that you were sharing and just the vibe that I was getting from that conversation. I was like, I want to reach out to her. She sounds like somebody really cool to get to know. And so I reached out to you. We talked we've been in communication uh, a lot since then. And um, we both kind of started podcast. And I wanted to reach out to you and, and have you as a guest on this podcast because you are a guru, an expert, a go-to uh, professional on personal branding. And that's really, really important for people in in the, uh, the audience segment that I work with. So let's dive in. So I want to ask you a couple of questions um, about your journey and how you got to where you are. So first mm -hmm. off, why did you choose to build your business around personal branding? It's funny. It's like what they said that I didn't choose the game. The game chose me. <laughs> and I just think that something that I've consistently been able to do for myself and others is position themselves as sought after leaders in their field. Like I've worked across different industries like public health, insurance, risk management, marketing, diversity, inclusion, and serve clients over all kinds of industries between like art, law, risk, cannabis, all kinds of stuff. And it's all about like Really, how do you build a reputation that people are attracted to and want to give opportunities to? And so that's why I chose that, because something that I was always able to do is network really well, 
mm-hmm. position myself and also position my clients, whether it's my corporate clients or individual clients as seen and sought after leaders in their space. So that's why I chose it. It, it just seemed, it was actually, I will tell you this, mm-hmm. people sought me out for mentorship. And this is when I had my last job when I was director of diversity inclusion at an insurance magazine. It was, and I was just so busy. I'm like, I can't take you. Hey, but if you want to be a client of mine, I'll take you that way. And they were interested. So that's honestly, for me, I was just so busy. I couldn't mentor people. I turned that into a business. And to, it, to me, it's like, it's at the core, no matter what you're doing, whether you're a professional in a corporation or you're an entrepreneur, you're going to have to sell yourself to people before you can sell your services or your products. So it's just so um, universal and it's so much fun. So that's why I chose this field. And I think it's just so much power within individuals' advocacy over their careers by controlling their reputation. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So what skills did you already have that helped you develop your business as it is today? Interesting. So some of the skills that I definitely see now more translate to my business skills. Mind you, I never took a business class. Uh, I studied sociology and anthropology at Swellman College. So people, people skills, understanding people, society and culture and just behaviors, mm-hmm. really, really important, especially for sales, um, understanding how to market your services. It's so important. So the people skills, I've also had a background in research. So actually doing public health research at Kaiser Permanente, I've done that. I used to be a professional interviewer. So I think those Mm. skills really come in handy of assessing what my clients' needs are, um, understanding how to provide the right service and needs for them. And so it's like having those research questions and really asking people, what do you want? And getting to the root of it, because as you probably know, Vicky, you'll have clients come to you saying, I want X, Y, and Z. You're like, you say that. But what right. you really need is A, B, and C. But if you don't right. ask the right questions, you can't mm-hmm. align them to the right solution. So that's something besides that. Also events, when I was at the magazine, I put on over 40 events. So knowing how to host webinars, host shows, I actually mm-hmm. launched my first, well, I started my first podcast. We, I actually had a podcast I created from scratch for the organization. I had 10 episodes, everything done, but then we got acquired and never launched. So just oh. having the podcasting skills, the marketing skills, the event skills, mm-hmm. like all these different things that really paired up to me, help myself brand and market myself as a business and assess the client's needs have been helpful. So it's just funny video editing skills. Like I learned all these skills that I thought were so miscellaneous, right? but they just so helpful now because literally I use them every day in my career, even though those were not technical job skills I had when I worked in insurance or whatever. So mm-hmm. just, to me, it's like, I tell people no matter what, Every skill you learn is going to build up to your, your, your toolbox one day. Right, so right. Don't discount them. Cause you're like, why am I learning this? Just learn something fully lean into it because you never know how it's going to help you one day achieve your goals. Yeah. And you know, you're talking about different skills and the video editing and all of that just this morning, uh, you know, I'm working on a, a website client and I had to go and take pictures for the website. So I had to put on my photography hat. (laughs) I tell people I am not a photographer, but I do know how to take great pictures and edit great pictures. I'm not a filmmaker, but I know how to shoot video and edit video to get the job done for my clients. So we cover a wide array of different things. And that sounds like exactly what you're doing. You learn how to do what needs to be done to help your client to achieve the goals that they have set forth for them. So I I really find that refreshing and nice to hear because personal branding 
you have to be kind of good at all of those things and know how to plug those things into, um, into the strategy for the client. And sometimes you have an idea of what you want for that client and trusting someone else to come up, come through with your vision can be a little scary sometimes and knowing that you can get that manifest those, uh, those goals for that client. Um, I think that's a, a good thing to have. <laughs> yeah, have I also will job. add, um, I had extensive, <clears throat> sorry, public speaking skills. So I spoke probably over 40 times, whether at events, podcasts, webinars. And this is really important because a lot of my clients want to do public speaking. And additionally, I used to book public speaking, public speakers mm. when I worked for the magazine. Mm-hmm. I also was a judge for one of our top industry awards for women leaders in the, in the whole insurance industry. So when I say this, I was able to say, hey guys, as someone who's judged, top performing people, I know what stands out. As someone mm-hmm. who books speakers, I know what people look for and mm-hmm. how to position stuff and what people, how pay and compensation works. So I'm able to give my clients the tools to be like, hey, if you want to know what people look for when they're seeking these people out, I know all the secrets of the trade because I've been on the receiving end. And I also done the jobs I won to awards in my industry. I spoke a lot. So I'm able to give people real tangible advice because I've been there, done that versus theoretically people say, you do this? No, I've done it. And this is what works. Mm-hmm. And one thing I've, I've heard you mention, you know, well, let me take a step back. A lot of people will say that you want to have a specific niche, a specific group of people, but it sounds like you're looking for someone who has a specific mindset, who has a specific mm-hmm. goal, and it doesn't really matter what industry industry they are in. So tell me about that. Yes. Yes. So for me, I like specialists. I don't care what industry it is, being specialized. I do not like generalists, jacks of all <laughs> trades. I have lots of passions, but I want to be known for one thing. So you have to have a single focus, like I said, whether you want to be the best accountant in the world, best doctor, or, and honestly, I prefer specialties. So it's like a heart doctor, pediatrician, right. whatever it is, like be very specific. So I want specialists who want to, you know, grow their career, income and visibility as seen as sought after leaders, soulfully self-promote themselves. So that's what I like. If you want more, if you want to advance your career, if you want to network faster, if you want more recognition. And if you want to be that go-to person, you feel I'm the one who's going to help you because typically my clients either undervalued, underpaid or overlooked. And so I want to help you overcome those obstacles so that you can get to your dream career and dream life. Okay. So it sounds like you kind of, you said that, that uh, this career chose you and you kind of fell into this. So were there some specific personal uh, professional hurdles that you had when you were uh, starting out that, you know, this became a way to um, answer a problem that you saw in the industry or a problem that you were facing. It's like, okay, I don't see what I need. So I'm just going to create it, or I see other people needing it and I'm just going to create it. Was there a specific instance where there was, you know, enough is enough and I'm just going to take a, just do it. (laughs) Was that, was there a specific instance like that for yeah, you? Yeah, there were, I mean, it was a, it's, it's, it was a slow burn. It's, it was, it was building up. And I would say this, my own experience working in corporate America to like, just when I really, what really made it concrete was when I was a director of diversity inclusion for the Institute and I met other diversity leaders and HRE leaders. And they always gave me excuse. We can't find diverse talent in our, in our industry, which was insurance. And I'm like, you can't find one woman, person of color, disabled folk. Like you can't find no, like, you know, LGBT. You can't find one. 
I know at least five <laughs> off the top of my head. I don't know everyone in the whole industry in the whole world. Right. But I can, and so that was what the big thing because I know I experienced more. I tried to pivot from one role to another role and I kept it again turned down because before I got into insurance, I worked into in marketing. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to, when I was a broker, I was like, okay, I, I like that. I know the experience. I know this industry. I think it's a lot of opportunity, but I want to get back to marketing in the industry. And I tried to get jobs and I couldn't get the jobs. And I'm like, but I know the industry. I know the pain point. So for example, Vicki, mm-hmm. um, part of the process of being an insur- commercial insurance broker is you plan a strategy for a client. Hey, mm-hmm. what we want to do is get you this kind of insurance coverage at this kind of price with these kind of terms and conditions that are going to look out for your advantage. We right. do. And like, typically it's like, a 20 page PowerPoint presentation. Uh-huh. Every freaking time a client says, great, Deidre, can you give me a one pager? <laughs> and it's like, so I'm like, I know what clients want because they tell me every right. time. And so I'm like, instead of doing all this work, why don't we present them on a one pager? And if they want the receipts or the how we got that, we show it to them because really their pain point is, all my internal decision makers don't understand insurance. So they don't know what to do with this 20 page PowerPoint. And right. It's going to take them all day to make a one pager. So I say this because a lot of times these inside leaders, thought leaders are in your company already. You don't give them the opportunity because you don't see, mm. see them as the leader or the go-to person. That is a problem. And then when I got to the point of where I was in a position to help people and I'm like, no one sees, no one sees diverse talent as worthy and valuable. And so what I want to do is make it so that they're so high priced, you can't afford them. And even though I serve all kinds of clients, and all kinds of fields, my thing is I want you to be a seen and soft leader, no matter what you look like, mm-hmm. where you came from or what you do for a living, because we are all experts in our space and all worthy of the spotlight. Awesome. So you talk about your diverse client group. What is the wildest client that you've had that something that you just absolutely did not think you were going to have you would not have planned for this type of client but what's what's the the most obscure type of client that you've worked with well so um i am I, it's a nonprofit i do coaching for for their uh, participants in their program and one of the participants in the program was a puppeteer wow so that was interesting <laughs> so i mean that's why i like the variety because yeah. it's, I met, I meet a lot of interesting people just doing the work that I do. And it's like, cool. Like he's on projects with Pixar, did different kind of things. And it was like a black puppeteer. I didn't know that existed. So just to me, <laughs> it's just, that's why I like the variety. But like I said, specialists, like how many puppeteers right. do you know on that level, creating projects with like companies like Pixar. So it's like, I right. like specialists in really interesting areas mm-hmm. because it keeps it fresh and interesting. And my thing is, okay, like, it's got to be a crowd he really wants or sees as a high value, um, you know, skill set, experience, whatever. So that's why I like, like I said, cannabis dispensary owners. I've had, you know, all kinds of people. I, my, my first client, well, even though the, the industry, real estate is pretty common. My first client was in New Zealand. It was wow. a brother in New Zealand. And I was like, how did you find me? It's like, you know, Instagram. I was like, it was just funny because I was primarily on LinkedIn. So I was like, okay, I guess Instagram works too. And so I just, to me, it's all about how do we, how do we help people be seen as after leaders in their space? Like I said, if they're experts at what they do, because I don't believe in people who are scammers, generalists are confused about what they want to be known for. It's like, you got to have a clear vision and I can help you get the limelight if you know what you want. Mm-hmm. Now you and I both are female business owners and, you know, I think now at this point in my career, I am 
probably not a good employee. I would not be a good employee. I don't want a boss, but it can still be a lonely existence um, as a woman in business or just as a, a, a entrepreneur. How have you dealt with that um, going from the, the corporate job into being an entrepreneur and dealing with um, that, that loneliness sometimes, how do you deal with that? Yeah. Fortunate for, fortunately for me, my last job was hundred percent remote. So okay. I already had that. Yeah. So that was the bigger, that was, it was a nice little stair step. Cause that was hard for me. It was good because I saved me from like a crazy commute every, it was just commuting from the East Bay to the city was a lot and just was good for my kind of work by balance that way. But it was like, we were being stuck at home all day. I was like, man, no one around because before nobody was working remotely. So you can hang out with people now. Right. You actually have other people working remotely. So it's a lot more easier to find your community. So, um, but once I went from there, where I actually had coworkers to hundred percent by myself. And then also in the middle of a pandemic, when I'm going hundred percent as an entrepreneur, it's like a totally different experience. So one thing I um, was really intent intentional about was like, I need entrepreneur friends because mm. my friends in corporate, even though I love them, they just couldn't relate. If that makes sense. And so that's why when we you reached out, I was like, let's talk because I just want more people to understand my lifestyle, my challenges, my goals, my aspirations, because it's just a whole different mindset and a whole different um, level of, let's say, uh, skin the game. Yes. And it's your <laughs> business versus your job. Your job is not your company but your business is yours. So I think that's one thing I worked on. It also got me, I mean, learning myself more, like I'm an extreme extrovert. And so for me to not really be around people, <laughs> I source energy. And like, honestly, I like crowds. I prefer crowds. Mm -hmm. Like I like being on stage, like being at networking events. And so really helped me understand, okay, Deidre, how is different ways I can relate to people when I'm networking? It would help me better relate to like more introverted um, clients of mine and, and friends of mine, because I'm like, oh, let me learn and identify other ways y'all can build your brand in ways that doesn't have to lean on crowds or let's say um, large scale of people because not everybody wants that for themselves. So to me, it's just a very big learning experience, which I can't wait for things to get quote unquote normal again. So I can be out networking with crowds and everywhere else. But in the meantime, I'm really leaning on growing relationships in the entrepreneurial world and finding collaborations like this, because it is really lonely if you don't have people who understand what you're going through. Oh yeah. I can, I totally, totally get that. You mentioned being an extrovert and working with introverts. That's something that I have struggled with so often. I am naturally a very introverted person. I can be in a room and I can be in a corner by myself, not talking to anybody. And I am completely fine with that. <laughs> Or I can get on, on a stage in front of a thousand people and give a great presentation and get such energy from that. And I can go on. Let me talk about marketing. Oh, my gosh, I can <laughs> go. Uh, but how do you find that working with clients that are introvert and extrovert? Is there a special thing that you have to uh, a special mind shift you have to adopt or help them adopt? Um, as an introvert trying to do personal branding, because that can be kind of polar opposite. Mm -hmm. You're introvert and you got to do personal branding, talking about yourself. How do you deal with that with a client? Yeah. So I have a four step framework I take clients through. Um, I have different services, but it's like it's basically the same framework. So I, I described this because it helps put things in context, which is one clarity. Let's define what success looks like for you. 
Two, credibility. Let's communicate your value confidently. Three, network. Let's find you success supporters. And then four, let's uh, branding. Let's let's build your VIP reputation. So it all starts from like defining what you want. So it's like once, I don't care what you are, you define, I want this kind of money, this kind of job, this kind of lifestyle, live this kind of area. Okay, cool. Now, the thing is you said you want X. Mm-hmm. In order to get X, people need to know your credibility, why you're the best at what you do, and you have to network with people to get there. So my thing is you already decided you want this thing, you know what you have to do. So let's figure out the best strategy that's going to be more aligned with your skill set. Because my thing is, if you're introvert, cool, don't have to be everywhere. I do believe in public speaking. So maybe that's a smaller group. Maybe that's a lunch and learn. Maybe that's a one-on-one coffee meeting to get to know people. I honestly think there's a lot of value in introverts. And I say, as an extrovert, I say this because mm-hmm. one of the things we have to learn how to do is listen to other people. If you're able to listen and understand what people want, you can give it to them. So mm-hmm. I honestly think they have their own secret weapons with that. So it's more of, okay. Or someone says, I don't want to be on social media all day cool. You don't have to be on social media all day, but do you want to be talking to people all day? No. Well, why don't you put a social media post up so you can put that there, be known, be seen, and then invite people to talk to you that way because it actually preserves more your energy versus you having individual one-on-one conversation with everyone who would like your post or like your conversation. So I just try to relate it to like, hey, here's your goal, your strategy. Here's what you got to do. So let's figure out strategies going to be sustainable for you because what I want to people what make what I want people to do is make personal branding a lifestyle, not a chore and not a have to do, but it's like literally I go in rooms, I meet and network with people naturally because it's a lifestyle for me. Hey, I do this. What do you do? Let's figure out ways to collaborate. It doesn't have to be rocket science, it has to be intentional. So when it comes to that, like I said, it's really understanding what do you want and give it. And I'm, you know, I'm I'm a very direct person. So I'm like, you say you want X but you're not willing to do Y and Z, then how are you going to, I ask them straight up, how are you going to get it? You tell me. And if you don't have an answer, then let's try to go with the plan that we're created based on what you said you want. Awesome. That sounds so great. And you know, that, that introvert extrovert thing is just, that's one of the questions I ask people when I'm first working with them, because that helps me understand them. And, and like you, someone that's introverted, they are probably being more observant and taking that information in. And that's one of the things that I do at networking events. Uh, I will listen to what other people are saying. And then when it's my turn to talk, I will cater my pitch toward what I've heard them say (laughs) their pain points. Because if you ask enough questions, get people Mm -hmm. talking enough, they're going to let a pain point or two slip out and boom, I'm right there. Like, oh, okay, that's a pain point. Let me tell you a story that's going to help you see how I can solve that pain point for you. So that's one of the things that I I really get excited when I have someone that says, oh, yeah, I'm very introverted. It's like, oh, this is nice. Like (laughs) you're going to be the one with the golden (laughs) goose, because the thing is, like I said, if you if you really the secret to if you just want the cheat code to personal branding, get people to talk about themselves. You get people to talk about themselves. They will yeah. love you. You don't have to say a darn thing about yourself. Just get them talking about themselves. Ask them about their hopes and desires. Ask them what's going on. What's some challenges? What's some things that they want to achieve? Like, it's ask people questions and you will be the most loved and adored person and wanted person in a room. Yes. I literally have a presentation I'm doing later this week about networking. And that is one of the things I'm telling people. If you don't know what to say, ask people questions about themselves. <laughs> 
Amen. They will tell you so much. And that's all you have to do is keep asking them questions. So if that is a powerful tool that uh, when you know how to harness that tool, oh boy, that makes life so, so grand for people like us that are in that marketing and branding space. Mm-hmm. So I do want to ask you what, with work-life balance, you are an entrepreneur, you're, you know, you're self-employed, you are your own boss. That can be great. And that can be detrimental sometimes for some people. How do you maintain balance so that you are Deidre, the personal branding coach and Deidre, the girl that just likes to hang out? How do you maintain that, that balance? And so that you have that work life, um, uh, maybe it's not a balance. Maybe it's just so that you can maintain a, a sense of self so that you aren't just always the business. You aren't always on. How do you do that? We're going to take a quick break in our conversation with Deidre for this week. We'll pick back up with this exciting conversation with Deidre on our next episode. So be sure to follow back with us. And if you want to know how to connect with Deidre and talk with her and maybe get her take on your personal branding, feel free to reach out to her. Check out the show notes of this podcast and I'm going to give you all the details on how you can connect with Deidre. So that's all for this episode of the Marketing Muscle Podcast with me, your host, Vicki Morris. We hope to see you next time on the continuation of our conversation on personal branding with my friend, Deidre Wright. So bye for now. We'll see you next time.